Hello again and welcome to the TGT podcast. It's our 10th podcast we've got this far and we're going to do something a little bit different with it. Earlier in the week we opened out the question on Amino, um, how has Doctor Who helped you? And we've been actually very overwhelmed by the responses you've given. And so that will be coming up in the second half of the show when we are going to read out some of your comments and um, explore some of those to the best of our ability. But right now, uh, the episode we've chosen for this podcast is Vincent and the Doctor, and that probably makes sense for many Whovians. And it's an an episode that touches on um, mental illness to an extent and um, other disabilities in some ways. And um, we think it's been very inspirational for a lot of people. So it begins with um, the 11th Doctor and Amy um, in a Paris museum looking at Vincent van Gogh's work in um, 2010. The Doctor spots something that's very evil in one of the paintings and um, asks the tour guide, who's played brilliantly by Bill Nye, asks when the painting was painted um, and... Uh, the tour guide answers that it's in 1890. So 1890 is the year that Van Gogh died. Um, the doctor then decides he has to go back in time and help um, with Amy. Um, the sadness of the episode, which we'll get to, I'm sure, um, is that the doctor seemingly always knows this is kind of a negative story or not negative but something very very melancholic with it so um, we're going to try and um, look at some of that so Ben you've seen the episode many times what do you make of it yep hello we're three minutes and I haven't even said hello yet (laughs) Um, sorry so yeah um, yeah I I love the episode it's a really good episode and what I love is you've got that mix of humour and also the sort of serious topics as well, which is something that Richard Curtis does really well in a lot of his films and TV. Yeah, um, there's the, I mean, despite the urgency of the situation, um, the 11th Doctor has a bow tie admiration contest with the, <laughs> yeah. not contest, you know, they're sort of, they, 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 they have a few seconds enough to, to be able to do that before this sort of urgent um, response that they need to do. Yeah, um, I love that bit when he sees the curator of the museum's bow tie yeah, he points it out and says, "Nice bow tie." Bill Nye is <laughs> superb, and um, t- you know, towards the end of the episode, which is um, you know, it's such a, a climatic episode, um, he he sort of acts with an awkwardness, which is just really cool and just classic Bill Nye. Yeah, he, I love that scene at the end when he's he's saying why Van Gogh is one of the best painters, and he considers him the greatest painter of all time. And you see him, Vincent Van Gogh's there, listening to it, and he's crying and. That's yeah. such an emotional scene. And there's, there's a couple of times in this episode where he looks like he's in pain. And one is is because he truly is in pain. He's obviously in a great despair, great low. Um, and that's during the middle of the episode. But in this scene, you're right, it's um, it's the same kind of... Uh, it's not just the acting, it's, it's, it's the emotion that's portrayed, but it's a happiness, and that's the big difference. And, um, you know, he's weeping, he's weeping with joy, but it's painful for him somehow. It's, a, it's an incredibly um, inspiring thing to see, right? Yeah, and for those who don't know, Vincent van Gogh was an artist, and he suffered from depression and a little bit of insanity. Um, and in the episode, we see that he didn't think anything of his works, like he treated them with very little care and gave them away and stuff. And he, he didn't realise at the time, and nobody really liked his stuff at the time, but it was only when he died that everyone sort of realised how good he was. 
Well, yeah, and then you talk about um, Vince Van Gogh's, you know, clear psychological um, uh, diagnosis if you want to be as strong as that. But um, he has uh, it's portrayed in the episode as um, an invisible affliction, which is the Crefaeus, the monster, the Crefaeus. What did you make of that? Did you think it was scary enough looking? Um, I didn't think it was that great a villain. It wasn't really that memorable. But to be honest, I don't think the villain was the main focus of the episode, so... It didn't really matter that much. But I liked the idea of it being invisible. That was cool. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, by the end, we come to learn the monster is blind as well. And um, and that's such a poignant aspect to it with Van Gogh being the artist and all about colours and so on and um, crafting colours, I think the Doctor says. It's an important message as well because like, in life we judge people in that book, like, the the monster, the Crefaeus, everyone sort of judged that, oh, it's evil and it's trying to kill us, but they didn't know what was going on in the Crefaeus' life and he was blind and he was just trying to yeah. survive, so... I think the story with the Crefaeus is that basically he was the um, he was abandoned. He's a part of a species that you know obviously lives elsewhere in the universe, um, and he was abandoned on the planet Earth, and um, so he's just um, not necessarily by default an evil monster or a cruel monster at all, but basically lashes out in fear and abandonment and um, being blind. It must be incredibly um, painful for the for the creature. And the Doctor uses the machine. It's got a mirror on it that shows the crevice so he can see what it looks like. And I love the bit when he tests it out on himself and it shows a picture of William Hartnell and then he yeah. tries again and it shows Patrick Troughton. It is great, it's isn't a it? Joke. Um, and it's uh, you know it's quite funny because um, it's a gift given to him by Godmother, um, and he says he, he thought it was useless, but um, he says uh, he thought it was she was just a useless Godmother with two heads and bad breath or something. But um, <laughs> she's given him this machine, which is actually absolutely invaluable. It's kind of made for this episode. Yeah, I think in any other TV and film, it'd be considered like a Deus Ex Machina, where it's just something that happens to be there that like helps with the plot then it comes from nowhere but with Doctor Who and the TARDIS is like infinitely big it sort of makes sense that he'd have random things around the TARDIS that just like so happens to help Totally, and the Tenth Doctor had at least two things that went ding, I think. You know, two, <laughs> yeah. two contraptions that went ding, um, both in uh, the Weeping Angels episode we did and um, the time of the Doctor. Sorry, not the time of the Doctor, the day of the Doctor. I always get those two confused, I don't know why. So he, the Doctor is trying to help Vincent out, you know, trying to give him as much comfort as possible um, and because he's clearly a troubled and suffering guy and he's, um, he's going through all sorts of mood ranges from highs to lows and... Um, um, he's uh, depressed, heavily depressed, and feels lonely. You know, just signs of of real um, manic um, polar opposites. And Vincent Van Gogh is being haunted by this creature, the Crefaeus, and the Doctor wants to rid the Crefaeus from Vincent's life so that he can have some, um, well, comfort. I don't know is the word, but um, some freedom from this monster. But Ben, we really need to talk about, because I know I've been talking for a long time again, but um, the the moment that the Doctor takes Vincent to the, back to the Gallifrey, uh, not back to Gallifrey, um, back, back <laughs> to... That would be a different episode entirely. It would, it would completely. Um, no, uh, the Doctor takes Vincent back to the Paris Gallery um, in 2010, and that's an absolute genius in this episode, right? Mm. And this song choice as well, Chances by Athlete, is a perfect choice of song. Yep, 
and it's a song you know you can put on and you can remember the episode and you can sort of just feel that sort of um, try to recall some of the things it's I mean the there's the classic quote from this episode and I've, I think I've got it written down it's where the doctor at the end um, it's kind of a tragic ending to it because um, you know, I don't want to spoil the ending at all for anyone but um, it's definitely a sadness to it um, but the doctor sort of cheers Amy up by saying, um, the way I see it, every life is a part of good things and bad things, hey? The good things don't always soften the bad things, but vice versa, the bad things don't necessarily spoil the good things and make them unimportant. Yeah, that's such a inspiring quote. And it's one that I remember sort of every now and then, because it's very true. And um, it reminds me of something I heard the other day where there was, someone was saying... If you had £50,000 and someone took £20 from you, would you? Would that spoil it? Would it, like, you have nothing? And then they said there's fifty about 50,000 seconds in a day, so if someone takes 20 seconds, like, saying something nasty to you, then don't let it spoil the other 48,980. <laughs> what if I'm brilliant is you're, you're talking numbers, and I, I love numbers, and um, so... Um, <laughs> Another quote from the Doctor that really resonated with me is when he says, in my experience, there is surprisingly always hope. And I always, I often remember that quote, and it sort of helps. Yeah, you said... Um, and it sort of helps get me through stuff. It's and I noticed that um, you know in the amino post that that was um, that seemed to be applicable to so many of those uh, comments, those responses. Um, but you, I have to say, you actually sent me those words written on a, an amazingly beautiful blue card that was in a frame. And um, at the time, I was going through hell. So um, you help you know you know you helped me with those words. But yeah, I think with this episode as well because we've got all this like serious stuff about the mental health but there's also so many really funny moments there's one of my favorite moments in Doctor Who is when the doctor um says to Vincent and Amy he says I'll be back before you can say where's he got to now <laughs> yeah and then he walks out and then he jumps back in and he goes but not that fast <laughs> yeah. it's that's brilliant I, I wonder if the audience under their breath are all saying you know I don't know if I might have been um what, what was it he said again sorry um as, where's, as, where's he got to now uh, yeah and I, I wonder if in my mind I counted where has he got to now and um and then he was there you know it's, it's funny <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be interesting to see if that the length of that sentence is the time that he leaves <laughs> that's very dependent there are variables there Ben um, <laughs> <laughs> how quick you talk and so on there are lots of positive inspiring and quite magical moments I, I think some of the visuals that we see towards the end um, when Vincent looks up at the night sky do you remember when the Vincent yeah, and the Doctor see the starry night yeah, it looks like the painting. That's a, that was a brilliant effect. Well, yeah, and Starry Night, I think, is Vincent Van Gogh's arguably best painting or, or most famous painting. Um, yeah. But I think what's interesting is in, at different points in this episode, people are seeing different things, and at that point, I think only Vincent can see those kind of visuals that the BBC have decided to add on there, and the Doctor concedes, you know, um, I've seen many things, my friend, but none so beautiful as those that you have seen or something something like that yeah um and that's the vincent's madness which the doctor dismisses as well um you know that vincent isn't mad and yet he's being accused in his time of being this crazy guy going back to the jokes i was reading earlier that um richard curtis refused to write any jokes about his ear because 
everyone, like, probably the main fact that everyone knows about Vincent van Gogh is when he cut off his ear um, in his madness. But he, Richard Curtis said he didn't want to write any jokes about that because he wanted to be truthful and he didn't want to be cruel. The ear incident um, is, uh, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a nasty one, really. But um, supposedly that was a, an, an act of um, remorse um, because um, he threatened someone, um, and it was another artist called Gowan or something. I could be completely wrong. Um, I have no idea of the pronunciation, but um, and so there'd been some kind of um, argument, and um, Vincent felt very guilty and did that as a sort of act of. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very hard to explain. And um, a really important part to me is um, when before they go out to the church and when um, the doctor is hoping Vincent is ready to go and um, he the doctor goes to help Vincent, but the Vincent is absolutely curled up on his bed and sobbing into his pillow and completely hopeless and, you know, extremely pitiful sight. Um, and the doctor, th- you know, says, can I help? And Van Gogh becomes kind of almost aggressive and angry and says, you know, there's obviously no way you can help. I mean, um, you know, he's going through such mental stress and and distress and the doctor just backs away and says, so, okay, okay. And, um, you know, by the end of the episode, you get Vincent saying to the doctor, you're the only doctor who ever helped me, you know. But at, at that point, it would seem not even the doctor could help, you know, and the doctor helps anyone. The doctor will, would help anyone, and he wasn't able to at that point. Um, but, yeah, sure enough, Vincent snaps out of it, and he goes off to fight the Crefeus soon enough. Um, and so that's just the the speed of sort of mood um, changes there can be in a character like Vincent, played by Tony Curran, who was fabulous, I thought. Yeah, he's really good. And another little fact that I read that I thought was quite interesting, and I didn't notice when I watched it before, um, when they're in the scene in the bar where Amy buys him a drink, in the background there's an accordion player, and if you listen really closely, he's actually playing I Am The Doctor, the, no uh, way, my, really. My <laughs> yeah, I lis- I looked. I went back and looked and listened to it, and it, and he is. So that's quite neat. The painting that 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 is is the cafe. It's called the Cafe Terrace, and they've got it so well, you know. But obviously, made the tardis part of it. But the the Van Gogh painting, the Cafe Terrace. That's where it all starts off, and it's um extremely picturesque, and um you know I I thought. Yeah. Is this one that's been filmed on location? I really wasn't sure. I know it's Matt's, one of Matt Smith's first episodes, but um, absolutely deservedly up there as one of the best episodes there's been of Doctor Who. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd like um, Richard Curtis to write more Doctor Who. I think he'd be really good because he's got that good mix of like humour and seriousness and imagination. So yeah, I'd like to see him write more. I know he's a highly respected um, showrunner and director and, um, yeah, it it was something he said in the press conference, I think, was along the lines of, you know, regarding the suffering Vincent went through, it was they wanted to write an episode that kind of put that right um, through time travel, you know, kind of made it right somehow. And that's a a really good, well-intended thing to do. And um, I think they absolutely got it right. Um, It resounds with so many Whovians. And if you haven't watched it, which, um, you know, absolutely, I think almost can guarantee you will love it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, um, yeah, go see it. And if you have seen it, then... (laughs) (laughs) Watch it again. Yeah, watch it again. (laughs) 
So as you can tell, Vincent and the Doctor is an episode that's very close to mine and Ben's hearts, and there are real reasons for that because um, we both, you could say, suffer in some ways like Vincent did. So I personally suffer with bipolar um, type 1, and um, last year was also given the diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, which um, was very difficult for me. Um, but the bipolar has been the overriding thing for really the last 20 years and I don't really want to admit my age but it's been a very tough thing and so yeah Vincent and the doctor um, had me weeping many times you know as as has Doctor Who um, in at different times but Ben I think you want to uh, to explain a few things as well yeah um, well I've I've got Asperger's and I've also got a congenital heart defect um, so there's been physical and mental mental issues. Um, but I think with the Asperger's, I kind of related to the way that he sees the world in a different way to everyone else. So that kind of resonated with me. So, Andrew, I know this episode is um, important to you, but how has Doctor Who in general helped you out and how did you come to watch Doctor Who? Yeah, um, well, it really has helped amazingly, and that was since um, 2010 was probably the worst year of my life, and I actually had to go into hospital twice, and um, that was on psychiatric grounds, Um, but coming out of there and rehabilitating I needed kind of something to to turn to for comfort and um, Matt Smith had just become the doctor the 11th doctor and there were all these DVDs knocking about that um, I hadn't seen at all and someone suggested I watch Doctor Who and I was just absolutely hooked and um, it sort of just surged from there and then I became a member of the Gallifrey Times and um, you know met you Ben and met all the others and um it really did come to my aid. Um, but yeah, talking about Matt Smith, I mean, his doctor was very special to me and um, always gave this aspect of hope. There was something there that um, was very magical for me. Um, and uh, the companions as well, you know, the, the show just absolutely worked as a healing tool for me. So uh, I'll obviously turn the question on you and say, um, can you can you say a little bit about how um, Doctor Who has helped you? Yeah, I think... The main thing of it has been the um, social aspects because at school I was very introverted and didn't really have any friends and the first sort of proper friend I made, um, I made through talking about Doctor Who. It was something I watched religiously and I sort of started talking to people about and then um, when I left school and went to uni, um, again I became quite shy but then Doctor Who sort of encouraged me um, to be a bit more outgoing and that's when I started going to comic cons and um one of my colleagues sort of pushed me to do interviews and interviewing fans and the stars has given me a massive confidence boost um so yeah it's really helped with the Asperger's and like the physical with the heart condition I mean it's not too bad like I it's but there's a few things that I can't do and I get tired easily but Watching Doctor Who sort of inspires you that, like, you can do, well, not anything, but, you know, you can do a lot more than you think you can and there's so much of the world to see and so much to do and it just gives you hope and inspires you to sort of live to your full potential. Yeah, man, the incredible sentiments and um, absolutely amazing insight into how Doctor Who does help um, and how it's helped you and it's uh, just really, really nice to hear. And... In this part of the podcast, um, we've actually got comments to read to you, responses we've had to the question, how has Doctor Who helped you? 
Um, ben, do you want to explain about that? Yeah, well, when we decided to watch Vincent and the Doctor and we wanted to do something to do with mental health, we put a question out on Whovian Zemino, asking people the question, how has Doctor Who helped you? And initially I thought, you know, we'd maybe get a few responses and we could talk about those, but we ended up getting over 40 people responding with, you know, how it's helped them with all different kind of illnesses, physical and mental, and it was just mind-blowing and quite emotional reading through all of them. It was tough. So, I mean, there's too many to read out on here, but what we've done is we've put them on the post that accompanies this podcast, um, but we'd like to read you a few now that we found particularly moving, um, so we're going to go through those now. Nurse said, I'm a girl suffering from depression and was being bullied. I actually didn't think I deserved to be anywhere, until Doctor Who made me change my thoughts. It made me feel a bit more confident about myself. Fennec Fox said, Doctor Who helped me in my darkest moments. For me, Doctor Who is a philosophy of life. Every message is about keeping struggling, even if you can't see a way out of your problems because there's always a path even if you only have bad choices. It's about caring for others as well and not thinking that other people are worse or better than you. This is a show where I find refuge when real life hits me so hard I think I will never be able to claim out of that deep well I am in. It's the bright light that guides me. It's that optimistic point of view that oneself sometimes isn't able to see. And for me, it's my comeback to drawing, editing and creativity after too long. Definitely it made me a better person. In some ways, it regenerated me. Amit the Gallifreyan said, I won't go into detail, but if Series 10 hadn't aired when it did, I would likely have committed suicide. It also just cheers me up when I feel down and is one of the only things I'm passionate about. Moonstone the Wolf said, Doctor Who has helped me out so much. It helped me with anxiety and depression on plenty of occasions. Whenever I'm depressed or having an anxiety attack, I'll watch Doctor Who. It just helps to see someone who understands in a sense. Considering the Doctor is the last of his species and has lost his friends, his optimism despite the hurt is what helps keep me going. The show honestly means so much to me. Ginger Ninja 47 said, Doctor Who has helped me discover, particularly in the last series, that I'm bisexual. I've had thoughts for a while before the series aired, but the scene with Bill and the Doctor talking about his man crush on the Master helped me to see that it was alright. CBJ said, The Doctor has helped me through so much I thought I would never live through. Borderline personality disorder, massive depressive disorder, panic attacks, divorce, death. Every time I had problems I would choose a random episode to watch and it would always put me at ease. One of the best things I've ever heard was this, Never cruel, nor cowardly, never give up, never give in. That keeps me going every day, always looking up at the stars. Darth Missy said, Doctor Who helped me a lot. I always had problems with depression and anxiety, and bullying and a huge family troubles. Everyone told me I was stupid and lazy because of my dyscalculia. I felt lonely and useless. I never thought my life would get any better. But when I watched Doctor Who for the first time, everything changed. I don't know how, but it helped me to gain more confidence and it motivated me to fight for a better future. Yads Gray said, 
The doctor helped me in my darkest moments of depression when I really thought that life was no longer worthy. It was because of many bad things that were happening to me. He let me cry on his shoulder and taught me to see that life is wonderful, just that sometimes it has difficult moments, but not impossible to overcome. Now he is with me at every step I take. It is a very important part of me because the doctor saved my life and I will be eternally grateful. RYCBAR123 said, I used to have severe anxiety and issues with clothes. I wouldn't wear any jeans and I found leggings and skirts hard. My everyday outfit consisted of a shapeless old-fashioned dress that was basically like a pillowcase with straps. I found going to school so hard as I couldn't cope with the uniform. I ended up coming out of school to be home educated for two or three years. But then I got into Doctor Who. I started cosplaying Clara Oswald, and through cosplays my wardrobes broadened and I broke free of these issues. I was so determined to look like my favourite characters that I would stop at nothing to get there. And now I wear everything. I owe it all to Jenna Coleman and Doctor Who for being my inspiration. Apple Oranges said, Doctor Who has helped me with feeling lonely and depressed. Watching Doctor Who also helps me with social awkwardness. I never really cared what people thought of me, but now I'm not scared to embarrass myself. So some really touching messages there, and thank you to everyone that sent messages. Um, We've read them all and we've included them all on the website, so please go and check those out. And we're going to end our 10th episode on a song from Ben. So here it is. When I was young, I was so sad Then I met a man who was clever and mad He looked at me, I looked at him I felt so safe with that childish grin And from then on, life wasn't so bad And you took my hand and together we ran Away from the world and our troubles He taught me never be cowardly And never give in Just be myself and be happy in my skin When times got tough and too hard to bear You were always there As time went on, life got harder The bullies made fun just because I was smarter I was quiet, didn't fit in with the rest I nearly gave up as I got so depressed Maybe I didn't belong in this world But you took my hand and you stood by my side And stayed with me forever You taught me scared is a superpower And there's always hope When life knocks me down I'm strong enough to cope Whenever I'm lonely Or wrapped with despair You
took my hand and you stood by my side and you stayed with me forever you taught me i was important and life can be fun life is worth living if you know where to run you may be fictional but i don't care cause you're always there letting it get to you you know what that's called being alive blessing there is courage isn't just a matter of not being frightened you know it's being afraid and doing what you have to do anyway never cruel or cowardly never give up never give in what's wrong with scared scared is a superpower Every life is a, is a pile of good things and bad things. Good things don't always soften the bad things, but vice versa, the bad things don't necessarily spoil the good things or make them unimportant. You made me strong and happy again. So for being my hero and being my friend, thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor.